You're listening to The C-Dub Show. Visit us on the Say Something Nice podcast network at ssnpodcast.com. Follow us at The C-Dub Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And now, on to our show. We want to do this little song for you, and the name of it is Haya. And I know that you're wondering, where in the world did she get that name from? I remember in some of the testimonial services that I played in, this certain phrase was being shouted out among the mouths of the saints. And every once in a while I'd hear, Haya! a Hebrew tongue and the name of this Hebrew tongue means life to the C-Dub show. How is everyone doing today? Are they all right? Where did all the people go? Where are y'all? Can you hear me? I hear you. Oh, Lord. Okay. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Tired. Hallelujah. We're already tired. We're already tired, Jesus. We're going to just pray on this episode. That's why I started with some church music, because we needed a blessing and a healing, Heavenly Father. We are recording this. This is our pre-Thanksgiving episode. We are recording this on Saturday instead of Sunday. Saturday, November the 18th. Hopefully, you are listening to this starting out your Thanksgiving um, we have our regular cast members somewhere on this busy line. So, Willis, can you say hello to the people? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Willis, did we lose you? We looks like we lost Willis. Courtney, where are you? Where are Court and Caleb? Have we lost everybody? Here. Oh, there you go. No, I'm here. I'm here too. I had had myself <laughs> on mute. That's why I was like, "Can y'all hear me?" You was like, "Yeah," but then I don't know what happened. But I'm here. Hey, y'all. It's Courtney. Caleb is taking a nap because it's ish in California. And so it's around this time. So we're firing him immediately. And oh, wait, <laughs> you're awake. Caleb, say hi. 
Yeah, he don't want to talk. Okay. <laughs> Willis, how are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm a little tired. I'm all right. Oh, well, we happy that you joined us today. And also for our, so we are having a special edition. Let me introduce the edition. Today is our Thanksgiving edition. So I decided to invite a couple of our family members to join us on the show. Hence, starting the show with a nice hymn from the Clark sisters. So first we have on the line, Courtney's cousin, Troy. Troy, how are you? Hi. Uh, cousin <laughs> what that's definitely my cousin <laughs> that, i'm Brittany's cousin oh i'm sorry you know you also y'all gotta know that sometimes i mix up Brittany and courtney because you know sometimes i mix up people's voices i apologize troy is Brittany's cousin how are you troy i am good been up since before seven o'clock because apparently that's what happens at my age but other than that i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> oh lord jesus and then we also have um my partner in family crime my sister who did try she tried to pray over this episode but so far her prayers have not availed much but courtney where are you and how are you Oh, Lord. My life, the pastor, and them. Good morning, church. Good morning. Morning, church. Good morning, These These what? See, look, this too will pass. This too is going to pass. I'm, I'm, I'm already. I can't. So, we're going to go ahead and get started. And normally, we always get started with our favorite meme check-ins. So, Court and Caleb, what was your favorite meme that you ran across this week? Oh, we might have I to. think my favorite meme of the week, I don't know, you have to circle back to me. Let circle, me think about that. Circle back to you. Okay, Willis, what was your favorite meme of the week? Um, To me next. <laughs> of, of course I would. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I wasn't, I didn't see a lot of memes this week. Or maybe I wasn't on Facebook a lot this week. You know, so, I think it's something yeah. about the holidays because I did not really see very many memes this week. And I, too, have been off of Facebook. So and we all sound a little down. So maybe we need memes to lighten up our lives because clearly when we don't have them. We I are. will say um, <laughs> seeing videos from I don't know if y'all seen like that hashtag name that movie or name the movie challenge or whatever. I've seen it. I haven't watched any of them. I don't think I've heard of that until just now. Is that the one where the girls is reenacting all the movies? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not just one person. It's like a bunch of people. And I, this guy did Matilda, and it was hilarious. I, I think I shared it, but he um, he did like the scene where she's cooking breakfast for herself. Yes. And everything that that was hilarious. Did she have on like a red bow or something? And he was looking like Carlton, uh, not Carlton Banks, like the little the little girl on not Carlton Banks. Yeah, but he, yeah, but it wasn't him though. It was a different dude. I think I did see that, and I'm glad you told me it was Matilda because I don't. I think I've seen Matilda once in my life, and I didn't really know what he was 
I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm going to tell you exactly how. Are you ready? I have not seen Matilda a number of times because I'm old enough to have actually read the book and that was enough for me. Why do you always act like we heck young and like we don't read books? <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes you read the bluest eye. Like, don't do that. First of all, first of all, I ain't never said you didn't read the Bible. First of all, do not bring do not bring petty posts about my Facebook page onto this show because I don't even know what you're talking about. But it sound like something internal that you got to say about my commentary on the bluest eye. I'm just saying. Get her to he stayed doing that. Like, oh, I don't know if y'all gonna remember this, but and then you don't. But then you don't. <laughs> but like, you can't. Do you remember something that happened like five years before you were born? You can't like use that as your reference point. Why not? You can use it as my reference point. Anyway, on to. I know Troy and Courtney have never played our favorite memes with us, but do, have you? What are the most memorable memes that the two of you have seen this week? Troy, what was your favorite meme this week? I'm kind of on the same train as everybody else. I'm trying to think right now about any memes I've seen this week, which has stuck with me. And I can't say that I have. I just watch a whole lot of stupid YouTube fail videos. (laughs) (laughs) So I can tell you about like the newscaster fail videos I've watched over the last couple of days. Yes, what was your favorite some newscaster of them fail? Are very funny. Um, most of them have to do with Fox News or Fox affiliate stations, like the lo- local stations. That's like a super specific like, genre. Like <laughs> the, <but> like, <laughs> well, but you have to consider the source too. I mean, Fox News. So. And I kind of feel like their stupidity and their le- level of sexual degenerate de- degeneracy just kind of filters down, if that's a word, kind of filters down to their affiliates. And they're like the horniest, most, most inappropriate bunches of people across the world delivering news to people. And it's, it's funny, but it's also very disturbing, like very disturbing. That's all I got. That's that's and that's all that you need. Courtney Weisinger, what was your favorite meme that you saw this week? We share a lot of memes back and forth, but what was your favorite? Weisinger. Caleb, well, what do you mean? Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to roll on. Clearly, she's over well, there. Well, I remember I remember my meme now. The meme <laughs> with the black woman grinning with her mouth closed, and it states that if black people show up early to an event, it's because they have other things they need to get through throughout the day, and your event is their starting off point. <laughs> Every damn time. Every single time. Every single time. That is true. And all of my event promoter friends actually like that post because it's true. And they don't never be there to do nothing. They just be there sitting there with a one drink because they only going to buy one drink and sitting there with that look on their face. Well, my favorite meme was actually, since this is a holiday edition, had a cat standing with its paws inside of a um, cake mixing bowl on top of the mixer. And it said, everything, and every time I think of a work potluck, I think of this. Because it's the holidays and everybody's job is having a potluck. And I, if you didn't purchase your food, if it don't say Lucky's or Albertsons or Safeway or Trader Joe's or Whole Foods on the package, I can't eat it because that's all I'm thinking is your cat 
being in my face. <laughs> and let me tell you why that's so funny. Because yesterday we had our pre-Thanksgiving potluck at work. Exactly. <laughs> and I did I did see that meme <laughs> before everybody brought in their food. Did you eat any of the of the of the cooked food? Please don't. <laughs> I had a couple things. I did. And then I had some desserts. Oh. And most of them were homemade. So let me navigate right now. I'm going to go to GoFundMe and I'm going to start a GoFundMe for in case something happened to Troy. And we're going to start a little fun <laughs> because we don't want him to be lacking in nothing, Jesus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want the. However, I did apply the blood via ah! my grace <laughs> over that food. So. Hey, yes. Thank I you. think I'm all right. Thank you, God. Did you see, were there any, like, full-blown, like, what the hell is this? Like, somebody was saying how their white co-worker was going to bring in pumpkin lasagna rolls. What? And it's now, like, was it no, 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 no. any, like, mystery dishes, something that's, that's like... That's not okay. Now, pumpkin roll is great. Pumpkin roll is fine. I don't know what pumpkin lasagna loaf is, but I would throw that away. What was if somebody were to put that on my plate. What would that even be? Like, do they sell pumpkin <laughs> pasta? No, I think, no, I think it might be either what it is. Well, either what it must be is like, they take, they, you can make pumpkin pasta. So maybe the lasagna pasta, it's made out of pumpkin, or you can make a pumpkin cream sauce. Um, and they might use that instead of like the standard marinara. Either way, both of those sound gross. No, that's like, disgusting. You don't manipulate it. Like pumpkin is like you know more sweet, so you're not dealing with you know like the heartier you know herb flavors of marinara. You're now eating like sweeter because pumpkin is technically, I believe, it's still a fruit because fruits have seeds, so it has seeds, so it's a fruit. So when you dapple in into trying to make fruit into not fruit like dishes you gotta really you gotta work it right and we know white people just don't have that hand to make things work right they take stuff like, this recipe has existed for a hundred years and they just find they just find ways to just fuck shit up they always gotta fix something and make it more like I am going to throw in this pumpkin root that I found at the bottom of the hill in front of my house because that's gonna make it different and it means that I made it now. No. I mean, because you know, like we had like that whole sweet potato pie situation where they put the Parmesan cheese and it's like, at what point did anyone ever show you that? No one has ever shown you that. So why did you think like, yeah, let me just add some cheese into a pie that isn't filled with meat? No one ever told you that. So why would you do that? No one told you to do that. What are you doing? <laughs> so I'm just, I'm always worried when, whenever white folks are taking liberty with food because they just... They fuck up shit that's already just that's established. Already, right, and we are going to get to that farther down the rundown, the most disturbing ever 
issue uh, with white people deciding what they about to do with somebody's food. We we gonna get to that. But let's <laughs> jump into the rundown. It looks like Courtney is trying to the other Courtney Wasinger is trying to log into her phone, so hopefully she can get in from her phone. But let's go into the rundown. I like to call this edition of the rundown. We all live in rape culture, so all of these posts is gonna be about. And I just show you what kind of shit fuck mess we are in that we got all these different articles about being in rape culture so the first one is everyone's favorite social justice tweeter george takai has been accused of sexual assault he was accused of sexual assault let me make sure i have it correct sexual assault of a former model in 1981 and this broke a lot of different people's hearts because we all love to to watch george takai take down whether it's 45 whether it's just fuck boys in general daily by twitter but now we got the issue of what do we do with, with george takai i mean where do you guys weigh in on our Star Trek icon being accused of sexual assault, even though it's not shocking these days anymore. But go ahead. Throw him in the trash with everybody yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, and let, let me tell you why. Because I read the news story about that whole situation, which occurred 36 years ago. And then I read another news story right after that that pretty much confirmed that most likely he did what he did because like a month or two ago, he was on the Howard Stern show uh, and they had gotten into his, you know, entertainment persona as a dirty grandpa type. And the conversation veered into like drugging and, and touching men inappropriately and he like to play coy about that Lord. and tried to play it as a joke but I'm like clearly it's not because then a month later here we are with somebody coming out with an alleged account that you actually did that and I believe that man because people have much more to lose by coming out as sexual assault victims than right. they have to the gain. Right. Especially Thank men and especially, you know, gay men. I won't say especially. I'll re I'll retract that, but I'll say there's a particular eye of shame or 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 or, you know, suspicion or, you know, whatever you want to call it when men start talking about being sexually assaulted. There's a particular like viewpoint that we take and most men don't want that type of eye that type of judgment on them so mm -hmm. i have no reason not to believe that man and george takai is trash and we can put him in the bin with everybody else's trash i don't it's very easy to beat up on 45 that's not a big deal to me mm -hmm. you know so i don't give people brownie points for saying horrible things about 45 join like everybody else it's exactly yeah so he can go in the trash with R. Kelly and Bill Cosby and Weinstein and everybody else. Throw them away. Can I can I he just say that when when this story about George Takai, when that came out, I was like, well, damn, everybody is a rapist in Hollywood. If George Takai is out here, 
molesting yeah, people right. and, and, and assaulting folks. I'm like, well, everybody in Hollywood. I'm like, Jesus, is there? Give us the list of people who have not done anything. But <laughs> to you know what? I think, the, the I most think important the only thing that, is that might be left is like Will Smith. It just might just be and, and look, you know, we're not gonna get into Carolyn's true Hollywood stories from college. <laughs> Man, and but the thing to your point, Willis, is that the truth of the matter is really probably if we look at everybody's track record from beginning to end, everyone has because that's when we say we fucking live in rape culture, we literally do like that's how everybody been socialized. So if we start now. Not, and I don't want to say this in a way like, let's stop backtracking and picking up on people's sexual assault. I'm saying this in a way that if we literally did go back into everyone's history, we probably going to throw it. Just take, just cut out Hollywood. Not even just Hollywood, because you're about to get into another person. You just cut them all out and throw them in the trash. But... Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Repeat that. <laughs> raped me or it's coming it's coming because it's just like I feel like it I feel like rape culture cultivates itself and it starts off very young with just minor not it's not even minor because touching people without consent is wrong but it just people just don't pop up like and just start raping people like that's not what happens what happens is like they start grabbing on people inappropriately and no one ever checks them about keeping their fucking hands to their self so it's they keep pushing the envelope and then they you keep pushing the envelope and then no one ever checks you and then you grow into this sense of entitlement to other people's bodies and then next thing you know you know like you're getting word from your boys that they've got roofies and it's like yeah man just roofie the bitch you know like it makes things easier and like your whole goal is to get sex you haven't been taught consent no one's reinforced that with you and then next thing you know you're almost 100 years old and 55 women are coming out saying that you've raped them over the past 40 years so you know there's that and then that's just really how it happens but it starts from somewhere and it starts relatively young so i wouldn't be surprised if like going down the line in the next few months we're gonna start hearing about the young generation of hollywood actors and just younger people in general, have been around powerful people then coming down saying, you know, like, this happened to me, like, five years ago when I was 16 by somebody. Like, that's coming. Like, it really is. What's probably and, coming, too, is going to be them with each other. You know, we, and probably, Willis, you probably know this, too, working in high schools, you the, the things that we see, now, I try to... I try to think back to when I was in high school. I mean, I know we did a whole bunch of shit that we probably have forgot. But when I see a lot of the things that I see with our children, I just try and remember, did we go through this shit? Like when I see, like I see so many of our kids that are in just toxic relationships, among toxic consensual relationships amongst each other. So if they are in toxic abusive relationships with each other that means that and i'm not lord the views and stories that i share are in no way reflective of my school district that i ain't gonna say their name but we see and we hear things about that can definitely be put into this same box 
that if we were to have open conversations about the relationship that these children are having with each other, they are having sexually abusive relationships with each other. That's how they have been taught once again, another generation. But it's kind of amped up now because now they're seeing it on TV and such. So, mm-hmm. um, White Singer, mm-hmm. did you get in? Are you there? I think I am, man. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Praise, praise God Yay. for the victory. Ha, hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. I, I, I think in because I'm a failing musician, so I think in the entertainment <laughs> industry, I think it's more so of I can do it, so I do it. Because mm-hmm. you need me, so I'm going to do it because I do it. I know a producer, no names, who wanted to start a clothing line, and he slept with a a no-name designer, no names, because he won that clothing line. Well, he got it and made millions of dollars. But you're, quote-unquote, not homosexual, but you wanted that, and he had it. So I'm going to do what I need to do. And he did what he had to do. So I mean, more so of a supply and demand. Are y'all out here talking about Brother Love, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Puff? Of course we are not, because we don't say (laughs) things that put us over the line of defamation on this show. No, we don't. Y'all so dumb. Y'all so dumb. I'm just saying. Defamation. Defamation. That sounds like some puff energy right there. Like I'm just gonna do this gay thing real his fast. His name is not his mind. name is not Puff Daddy anymore, and it's not P Diddy. It's whatever he. Is. Who even even gives a good goddamn anymore? What his name what is? is? <laughs> I mean, that, seriously, that Negro. the whole thing about sexual predation, though, is that it's all about trading on power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not telling you all anything that you don't know. So, gay, straight, outside of the spectrum, somewhere in between, it doesn't matter. And I think people kind of get hung up on the sexual aspect of it and don't realize that there are a whole host of other levels to that stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's not about sex. Because if it were about sex you wouldn't have a culture of sexual sexual. predation because you can get sex anywhere from anybody. I have seen some of the ugliest people inside (laughs) and out (laughs) booed up and screwing on a regular basis. So clearly it's not about sex or the availability of the sex itself. It's about what I can gain by asserting this power, authority, influence over you in such a way that subjugates you and prompts me up. Which is mm-hmm. why when these allegations come out time and time again, I'm inclined to believe the victims. Because why would they lie, of course, and put themselves in a position, as I said earlier, of, of be being... again. Again, you just, know, but... It's I just, just don't and, understand you know, the cognitive dissonance that happens, like, when people come out. It's like, it seems like the more people come out and say, this person sexually assaulted me, it seems like the less believable it gets to, like, the general public. It's like, oh, it can't be 50 people that you raped. Yes, it can be 50 people. If that's, like, actively a part of, like, your living space is raping people and you are, like, 40 and you have, like, unlimited access to the, like, I mean, just for an example... Like women, if you're a producer and you're a famous producer and lots of women want to be actresses. So you're seeing actress after actress, actor after actress every day for like seven days a week 
Yes. Like you're meeting up with it. Like, yeah. And like, like the average man who just like, isn't around that many women every day. No, probably not. But if you're surrounded by thousands of women yearly, yeah, you'll end up raping about 60 of them. If you actively make that a part of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also, I mean, the big thing about it is the power, like, like Troy talked about and speaking of power, no, in no way to segue because we actually have two other articles about rape culture. So we still going to be talking about rape culture, but now we're going to shift over to, um, some folks, not mine, favorite mystery author, John Grisham, who decided to just <laughs> randomly tell people that we oh. have started victimizing poor men who watch child porn but don't commit pedophilia or don't rape children because, Baby. you know, white. <laughs> and child, he didn't just say poor men. He was like poor white poor men white like men. me around my age. We got a lot of them in the jailhouse. They in the jailhouse, y'all. <laughs> The worst part about his story was he was like referencing a friend of his, right? Yes. Like his friend yes. got in trouble because he accidentally watched some porn that was accidentally labeled child pornography. I'm like, Listen. now how do two grown Listen. people fucking get accidentally labeled as some child porn? Listen, and it's I like, huh? How was it? How was it an accident? I don't understand. No accident. No watching. No like it porn. It wasn't child porn, Brittany. It wasn't child porn. It was just labeled as child, child porn. But it wasn't. They mislabeled it on the site, girl. They mislabeled okay. it. I, it was I, mislabeled. I, I will speak. But it's like you mislabeled. It was mislabeled, and you still clicked on it. So you must have thought it was child porn. How do oh you my like? God. If I pick up, if I pick up some salt, if I pick up white pepper because I think it's salt it's because I wanted to pour salt so it wasn't like oh shit my food is salty what's happening like because I wanted salt, so salt. like why would you click on something <laughs> what, what, what were you gonna say what were you gonna say you were trying to time in what were you gonna say Courtney Washington I, I will say this because I'll be, I'll, I'll be the victim and say I will admit that I watch porn a lot and there is no way in hell right that you're gonna right exactly that. let's say child pornography if, or let's say little girl getting something yeah you know no don't click on that no no just no, no, right. no look no. in this day of people I watch is it in this day of isn't people isn't it my understanding it that it's not it's not that widely available. Like, don't you have to go have through to some back channel ass avenue? You have to actively search for that stuff, man. You have to actively yeah. search for that. You have to go because through my black web and Pornhub and X Video and X Hamster and X Tube. They don't want to be shut down. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's because I'm multi-billion dollars. Okay. I don't know about other people who watch porn, but it's like you enter in the search bar what you looking what you for. Looking for. Exactly. So whatever that is. Like, <laughs> and then and, and just like with regular be, Google, so I'm like, how did like you look regular. at something labeled child porn? How did it come up in your search results, blood? Like, how does that and, happen? And just like with regular Google, even on the off chance. That you type in one thing and it auto populates something else on the off chance you still have to say actually yes that's what I was looking for and click on exactly. it. <laughs> but let me tell you what really no, no really annoyed me about what he said. It was the fact that he was trying to make such a huge distinction between the person 
who watches child porn and the person who actually touches the child. I'm like, the intention is still there. The right. intention is still there. You're acting like somebody said that playing Uno at the damn dinner table <laughs> is the same as losing $10,000 at the blackjack table. No, 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 no. You definitely have something in you that gets aroused at the sight of children doing sexual things. And there is no great leap between the two. None. If you will watch watch child porn, then eventually it's it's a very, I mean, that slope has got oil and and, 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 and Vaseline and baby oil all over it. Come on now. Exactly. And my whole thing writing, is like people law books and stuff. Come on. People think like, oh, because they're doing it that they're not endangering. First of all, like you're still perpetuating the culture of children being sexually abused. You're still giving these people who trafficking trafficking children for the point of sexual abuse. You're still adding, you're still giving money to them because from my understanding, you you have to pay for it a lot of times. Like you're still cultivating this culture where children are being abused. So yes, no, you're not out here Freddy Cougaring it, snatching up kids and molesting them and killing them. No, you're not doing that yet. But then it's like, I mean, at what point do you break out? It to me, it's like you watch porn because you're interested in it. Like now, granted, like you might watch lesbian porn. You're not woman but like you never know like in time and since you've watched it you think you know how it goes down so you might feel more comfortable with it and I feel like anyone who's watching child pornography is like basically they know they'll go to jail they're too scared to get caught like granted he's 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 not wrong with like they might not be doing it actively but to me, it's still about cultivating a culture and still adding to the people's pockets who are using kids for this. It's and about, it's like, about growing the culture. Shit. It's about growing and indoctrinating the culture. Anytime, it, I mean, I watch a lot of it, Law & Order, SVU. It's all about, indo- shut up. <laughs> it's all about indoctrination. <laughs> and it's like what you said, you put the idea in your mind. That's the indoctrination of the people that are creating the porn, hoping that you will go out and then perpetuate that same act. Nobody is making child porn and saying, I hope they just watch this porn and don't actually go out and actually touch kids. Right. That is some bull. Bullshit. And that's the indoctrination. But, but the thing is, is like we don't people still don't believe that thoughts become things. And I think this is like the biggest disconnect because people, I mean, as a society, we think like, oh, we, just because we're thinking about it, or just be, like like just because we're consuming it by watching it doesn't mean that like it'll actually eventually turn us to doing anything that's harmful. But yes, the fuck it does. Like right. eventually it turns into something harmful. Like, you constantly watching child pornography, eventually it turns into, like Courtney was saying, like, eventually it turns you thinking, you becoming more 
comfortable with that, you normalizing that in your head, and eventually, like, yes, you might be out there touching a fucking child, or just being a goddamn creep and making a child uncomfortable. It's gonna become something. It's gonna manifest into something physical. So I don't understand. I don't know. I don't get the logic behind. No. You can watch it, but it's okay because you ain't doing nothing. Yes, the fuck you are. Like you will be doing something at some point in your life. There is no logic behind it at all. There's no <laughs> logic. It's like saying, you know, you're going to become somebody who looks like uh, Michael. What's his name? What's your boyfriend's name? Uh, oh, B. Michael B. Jordan. Eating freaking Popeyes and 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 Royal Farms chicken for three meals a day every day. No, you are what you consume, and if you eat right. chicken three times a day, you're gonna be a fat ass. <laughs> I mean, I can't consume child pornography on a regular basis and not become a child pornographer. That's just not how that works. Well, because that's tell- what I am feeding myself. Well, I can tell you why they think it's okay. And they think it's okay because, I mean, you have people who sexually assault, well, that too. But you have people who sexually assault (laughs) on the Supreme Court, and they did it back in the 90s, and they got on the Supreme Court, and guess what? They did it again. So, Clarence Thomas, who, who, you know... We always credit um, Brave Anita Hill for being one of the people who stepped forward and really started open conversations about sexual assault, especially in the workplace. And yet and still, she got victimized and he got put on Supreme Court. Well, looks like back in 1999, he was accused of groping another woman and has been accused again of sexual assault. So you know, surprise, surprise. right? It's if you always do it, it's always the niggas that we want to die that seem to just keep living on <laughs> keep, and and, keep, and keep being horrible. On, keeping on, like keep why is he not on. dead? <laughs> why is he even a thing? Like when we were, so I watched the, the the Nita Hill confirmation movie with my students, and you know through the movie I'm kind of narrating it for them and telling them you know what happened then, where people are now, and I was like, look, y'all. This man is on the Supreme Court until he die or resign, and he don't do nothing but sit there like a big old black mole on your side of your face. He don't talk unless he need unless the right need him to say some shit. So why, why is this pimple still here? Clearly, none of us know. He's just, no, no. Well, then no. that's all we have. To, that's all we have to say. On and didn't his wife call Anita or something? Did she, did she call her? I heard some like some story that she called her. This might have like not even been that long ago. I read that Mrs. Clarence Thomas, who surprisingly happens to be a white woman, out of <laughs> all of the things that would ever that surprise you in life. Humor's part of the movie, actually. Go ahead. So his white, <laughs> wife, his, his white wife calls this black woman who's been harassed by her husband and feels demands an apology for ruining her husband's reputation. Shut up, you lying. We don't do lying on this show. What the fuck? <laughs> as if, as if, like, white women don't demand apologies they don't deserve? Really? Ooh. We gonna do that? You know what? Really? This really? is the first time, the first time in episode 107 that Courtney and Caleb is getting fired. Because you don't just be coming at me. <laughs> don't be coming at me in the name of white women. Go ahead. I'm just that is the most white womanist thing to do is demand an apology when it's like, bitch, you're wrong. Peak whiteness. You're mm. wrong. <laughs> that is peak white woman behavior. I mean, 
you know, what, what can you say? I mean, <laughs> didn't Lena Dunham just do something like five minutes oh, ago? She sure did. And, I mean, if we're still talking about rape culture and, and the height of, of caucasity, uh, you know, <laughs> let's just throw her name in there too. I mean, but she's she's a thing because of white feminism. And black women have been saying, y'all have been leading the charge for years saying she's trash. She is like the top of the heap trash. Like you don't get any trashier than than she is. And you know, she proves herself to be trash every like three months and she's still around being white and and, and at peak caucasity. And I'm just like, what can we do to get all of these people to go away? For once again, can she be accused of molesting somebody? You know what he has been accused of molesting somebody. Okay, it's all about timing. It's all about it was too soon. It was too soon. She was accused. She wasn't even accused. She oh yeah, she wrote about she it. She molested her sister. Oh, she talked about it. What? Just all. Yeah, it was in a book or something, right? Oh, That's how you God. know she walked to my sister's vagina. It was funny. Ha ha ha. Like, what? Bitch, you know. No. But you yeah, know, no, chicks like trash. Lena Dunham and uh, some other folks who I can't. Oh, t- uh, Taylor Swift. The reason that they are still a thing is, is not even because of. It's, because, it's really to me. And this might be just the communities I'm being. It's the queer white women. Because they queer white girls love white feminists no matter they will listen to taylor swift till the the cows come home and still sit under queer people of color talking about they love them and queer people of color are telling you like bitch these women are trash and they do not care like if you get all their ass together baby they gonna sing taylor swift taylor swift and they're gonna be twerking while they do it so to me, that's well, why what well, what they think is twerking. That's well, not. You know, that's not <laughs> you know pumping they back back and forth. You know, it's it's some type of some some form of tail wagging. I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I don't okay. know it's what more it is. like it's more like awkward lower back spasming situations <laughs> yeah well it's all in the it's all in the it's all in the back. It's in the lower back and the knees, which is not twerking. Twerking <laughs> is your ass. But they they be they be doing wide look, I go to the gym now. They be doing wide squats. That's what they be doing. And that's not twerking. Child. <laughs> <laughs> look, I go to the gym I now. I got technical terms for it now. Lord. <laughs> All right, well let's move on because we getting too amped up about rape culture. So let's get amped up about the golden glow. Specifically the fact that Get Out has I mean, Get Out did get nominated. I mean, you know, hey, but it got nominated as a comedy. Get Out was nominated as a comedy. Now a lot of people said, Oh, you know, it's the it's the filmmaker's job to actually determine which in most in most um awards they do actually apply for consideration of what they want to be nominated as. The only thing is that Get Out producer Jordan Peele was not involved in that process. So clearly nope. the, the white folks, I, I forgot what company actually distributed. I Get think Out. it was uh, well, I it think think Universal. Is, I, think, I so. think what happened, I don't think the nominations have been announced yet, but I think they've, because I don't think the nominations come out. And I'm, I'm like a real like film i love like award season but um the uh, hollywood foreign press association has decided for the sake of consideration for nominations that they will categorize get out as a comedy 
Well, it should it be nominated for anything at all? Well, it, it looks like and, it says yeah. while Universal submitted. So, so you're right. The, uh-huh. It looks like the, the the nominations haven't come out, but Universal, which yeah. we know is mostly white people, submitted Get Out as a comedy <laughs> to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Peel clearly had no input on that decision. I don't think right. it worked like that. He said, "I think it was just submitted." So I don't know if submissions can be changed after all this hoopla. But what do you guys think about it? Usually, it is the 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 studio's discretion that leads that type of decision. And I, I will I will preface this by saying that a lot of times films, for the sake of being nominated for Golden Globes, right. are miscategorized. Like I've seen. Right straight out comedies be categorized as dramas stuff that's really really funny not necessarily a a comedy in the complete sense but stuff that's a little bit more comedic be you know categorized as something other and and it's really dumb like it's really dumb and there's like no rhyme or reason to it having said that i will say that i don't know how people can look at a film like get out which has comedic moments, but clearly is not a flat-out comedy, and say, ha, 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 this was comedy gold. And I know that Jordan Peele has gone on record as saying this is, again, the height of caucasity, that white people would look at this and say, it's funny. Yeah, what's so funny about it? Well, you know, there was that whole article on the the delivery. Right, well, you know, there was that whole article, I think, on The Root or somewhere like that about, it was written by a young lady who went to go see it with her white partner who just thought that it was so ridiculous, like, it was so ridiculous and far-fetched that I could see a person like that being like, yeah, that should be a comedy because that could never happen, you know, that was just too far out. I could see that. And I, I think that when it comes, I saw it at an all-white audience at the, the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco. And I can see the things that we thought saw as funny, which were not even really funny, that were more like, ah-ha, look at that shit. That's not what they saw as funny. They saw the whole idea of them wanting black people's brains and doing surgery without their permission. They saw all of that as funny. So. Well, in no defense of the nomination. That's, that's my thing about well, go ahead, White Singer. What were you going to say? Notice this is the, nom- the nomination because I, I want to point out before, before y'all, don't crucify me. I didn't watch Get Out simply because mm. I'm scary. I did, I'm scary. And you know I'm scary. <laughs> you know that I, I don't like scary shit. It's not my thing. But, Daddy fought all them times he let us watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh, go ahead. But it takes me back to when they nominated Jennifer Hudson as supporting and not lead because they wanted her to win. So right. maybe they took it to a comedy because they thought it might win as a comedy instead of winning in horror, which I haven't seen it, but from what I hear, it's pretty scary. So, I mean, yeah. maybe you expect they won to win. I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. I think it's a combination of chasing awards, like like mm-hmm. Troy mentioned, like you, you, put your, you put your name in the bin as something and you know, like, the other things in the category may not beat you, so it's just this idea of chasing awards, like with Viola Davis having support and getting supporting actress mm-hmm. for that academy for uh, what's what's the fences? For, uh, oh, for fences. fences, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 we're like, what? How is that supporting? But like, you know, she was just and and not Viola Davis chasing awards because that was no. just well deserved. Like she yeah. should have been gotten an award for other. But I, I kind of feel like she still would have beat Emma Stone because that was not the exactly best like. I, but you like, know what? That really, really annoyed me. But that's 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 like old news. But yeah, she could have right. beat her. Last but you know, anyway. but you never know because when you think about things like you, if if we gonna mention Dreamgirls, you think about back when Dreamgirls lost 
mm-hmm. best best picture. That was all right. people in the academy being mad at Eddie Murphy. Like that is like that whole. I think yeah. what was the movie that came out? That was it Norbit. Whichever movie that it was. That yeah, came it was out. Norbit that came out like right before the award ceremony. And but that you know what I'm a I'm a sick. Because here's the thing about all this awards nonsense. Like, of, co- of course, people don't win just because they're deserving. A lot of times, the least deserving people win, right. or the least deserving things win. So there are a lot. There's like a confluence of things that go into whether or not somebody gets an award. And on any in any given year, it could be a number of things that have everything to do with something or nothing to do with anything. But I will say that. Uh, that year, when Dreamgirls was not, I think it was nominated for like eight awards, but it missed out on Best Picture. And Eddie Murphy going into the Academy uh, ceremony was favored to win, but then Alan Arkin won for Little Sunshine, right. Little Miss Sunshine or something. But it was a confluence of things for him because, number one, he's become really like cagey when it comes to doing press and, and, and interviews and stuff like that. Number two, Norbert. Number three, it came out that after all those months of denial, he really was Mel B's baby daddy. So people were like, we just what? don't want to give I you an award. Child, that all happened right before the the uh, telecast that year. And, you know, so and a lot of things... he the entire hell out of her. So he, he did. Really he really like did. Trash. So he, he won... <laughs> So he won be- everything leading up. He won the Golden Globe. He won the Screen Actors Guild. He won all these critics prizes leading up to that. And then, you know, at the tail end, because all this other stuff happened that had nothing to do with his performance, of course, he lost to Alan Arkin and Little Miss Sunshine. I still have to say this. We're going back to Get Out. Yeah, what they try to do, because the, the, the age-old kind of perspective is it's easier to win for comedy than it is for drama so you know these studios want to make sure they get as many awards as possible because more awards mean more money you know people buy mm-hmm. the dvd more right, blah, right. blah 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 so forth so on however i just think there needs to be some semblance of i don't know propriety and if a film isn't a comedy don't call it a comedy like that's just right. the bottom line i mean it's not a comedy it has comedic moments it's not a comedy. And I really do think that the people who actually make the film, not just the studio, but the people like the director and the writer and people who like were there every day, they need a hand. They need a say in whether or not they want their film to be considered as this or as that, because it's only fair. Right. But, then, but with, with that, wouldn't we go into a whole Lecrae situation to where I'm not a rapper, I'm not a Christian rapper, I'm a rapper. So when you start adding too much into it don't you think it will get like we'll i don't know like the artist you know i mean i i feel like it's one thing to say you know this thing is or isn't when it objectively is it's another thing to for somebody to say i am or am not doing something that they clearly are or not doing so in the event that somebody is like i'm not a rapper but every album you put out you rapping well we ain't gonna pay you no mind you a rapper <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you're, that's you're a rapper you're a rapper <laughs> well alright in, yeah. in our next section this is um, this section is called the nominees are in so we've done get out next up Colin Kaepernick is named GQ citizen of the year and white people have a total mm. and complete melt the fuck down like I was really going back and forth with this dude who owns a very I'm not gonna name the organization even though I should um 
here in the Bay Area about, well, you know, Colin Kaepernick, I believe in what he what he stands for, but, you know, the fact that he's telling people that they shouldn't vote, that means, you know, this is trash, this is bullshit. And all the black people are like, well, we really don't give a fuck what you think, you know, thank you for stopping by, but we lo- love Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> but they completely melt down, and I guess, you know, because white. Anytime Colin Kaepernick does anything, white people other than his mama, they honestly cannot stand this man. Like he is their point of reference when it comes to all things they hate about black folks and the black movement. I would say the black movement because they hate uh, black folks in general. But like, yeah. I, I think Colin Kaepernick has come to represent this um this movement that's happening that has been happening just because of um the fact that he's a a sports or what is a sports figure and um especially in a sport where this country tends to think it you quote unquote unites people um so the fact that he's part of that sport football and and is doing all of this i think he has become the ire of white folks who just like want all black folks to shut the fuck up about what's happening in their lives. So, of course, like, you know, Colin Kaepernick, they could say that they gave him some free pistachios and some white person is going to be mad about it. Like, right. why, why and is then, he getting <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could go out and literally <laughs> save so a white person's life and they would be like, what is he doing out saving white lives? Like, he can't really do much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, I'd like to say that the if they gave him some pistachios. They would go buy some pistachios, throw them on the ground, and then stomp on them, and then call it a protest because <laughs> <laughs> because people <laughs> destroying things after you own them. No, because because destroying things after you've bought them and now own them is a part of how you protest fake oppression. But I guess that works because it's like they're protesting fake oppression, so they have a fake protest. Like, let me take some stuff. Let me take a, I'm a consumer. I already own something. The way I'm going to boycott my imaginary oppression is if I'm going to buy more of that and then destroy <laughs> it after I've already spent my money and now that they've already profited off of me. That's how yep. I'm going to do that. I do want to shout out Colin because as I've read, he decided for his uh, shoot, first of all, he didn't, he didn't interview. He got other people to speak for him. And as part of his, this whole, um, this, uh, act of silence that he's doing which i is i think is commendable and also every outfit that he wore for the photo shoot was designed by a black person and mostly black women he he specifically requested that so he is living his word like he is walking the walk and and he has been he has been for a while but like i feel like because white folks get angry like we have these waves of where we forget where we forget that he's actually doing what he said he wanted to and was going to do and so i do want to shout out him for that and well, i think he's much he's very much deserving of citizen of the year and i think that's and what we'll gets go, confusing about colin so- is well the thing that gets confusing about colin is that you know you are he because he is still currently actively suing the nfl and the owners and you want mm-hmm. to fight for his right to play in the nfl but you know dude your legacy is going to be off of the field like we will talk about we gonna talk about the super bowl that we lost with you at the helm and how you got to the super bowl and all that good stuff and all over the 77 yard runs and all those amazing things but your legacy is still ongoing and it's off the field and you some people are just like that jim brown i mean people talk about him being great i'm sure he was we know him more as a humanitarian as actor 
So, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing is, the just to show you how far off of the rails this whole anti-Colin uh, Kaepernick movement has been on the part of crazy white people, they, <laughs> and this is what happens. This is exactly what happens. They presume to know so much about us while actually knowing absolutely nothing. And it's the same thing that happens anytime you talk about crime in a majority black city. They'll get on their horn, which is, you know, if you're some dumb blonde bimbo, some Fox News program, and if you're the regular white trash person, and I don't mean like socioeconomically, I just mean you're white and you're trash. Um, you'll get on your social media and then you'll talk about how the black people need to go into this community and that community if they're so concerned about uplifting each other, not realizing that we're doing that all of the time. And I say yes. that's what Colin Kaepernick has been doing. And to go back to the thing about memes, the one meme I saw that got on my nerves was, you know, some white athlete managed to raise $37 million for some blah, 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 blah. But Colin Kaepernick is the one who gets the citizen of the year. And I'm like, and you say that because you have no idea what Colin Kaepernick is doing outside of the one thing you know he isn't doing, which is standing up for the flag. You have no idea what he's doing daily because you don't care what he's doing daily because what he isn't doing is the thing that's getting on your nerves. And that's the one thing that has nothing to do about anything. And the thing that bothers them the most is not being able to tell black people and black bodies how to to resist. You know, and that's the same thing that I told this dude. I said, you know, our people was was sitting down and resisting when they couldn't vote, and some people choose not to vote for that same exact reason. But you, we, we, you as a white person, do not have the right, nor does anyone care, to hear what your opinion is on what black bodies should do to resist because you are not really actively working for our to t- to get rid of oppression at all. You just want to be able to tell black people what to do. Right. And I Can guarantee I say, you in 40 years, the same people who hate Colin Kaepernick will be the same we'll people yeah. who will be like, yes, we were there when he took that stand. And, just like and those same will, people who act like they were for uh, MLK right, 40 right. years and ago. They will years him. ago. And they will misquote exactly. him. And they, and, they, and they will talk about how he did so well in not violently resisting. That instead, uh-huh. he, instead he used his, he risked his platform to silently right. protest. Unlike there's going to be another wave of, of civil unrest. You know, you have the civil right. rights movement. You have Black Lives Matter. There will be something else in 40 years. And they will be shaming that group by right. telling them that this group did it the right way. Every time. And that's why I am keeping my screenshots. Because I want to remind <laughs> white people, whatever, with whatever platform we have in 20, 30, 40 years, I want to remind these white people that they they What they said and they what they did. Think can what I, they can did. I just say, can I just say about Colin Kaepernick is that, like, uh, like Troy was saying with not knowing what he's doing, the, as a quick aside, I hate this phrase that has been going on for the past maybe year or two years. When people say I wish black I wish black lives matter to black people, I hate when people say that because you just told on yourself 
You just told on yourself to say that you don't know what the fuck is going on in your community because exactly. black people have been constantly since the beginning of black people being in this <laughs> no godforsaken country have been doing for themselves for mm-hmm. centuries and trying to right. better themselves, trying to get themselves together for centuries. So for people to say, especially when black folks say it, it just it grinds my gears because I'm like, you have no clue what's happening where you live at. And if you don't live in a majority black community, you you especially have no clue. And for you to sit up here and say that is just, it's so disrespectful to the people that's literally out in the community every day trying to make a better lives for ourselves and struggling because it's not just about us. It's about these systems that we have to live through and are on us and oppress us. But yeah. I hate when people say that, and I hate and if, when they say it about Collins. Like you're telling on yourself, dude. You have no clue what's going on. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next subject. Which well, is- wait, can I can I say one last thing sure, about go ahead. just protesting in general? Um, anytime white people say that like this is the right way to protest, I'm going to do the exact opposite because it's like if you think this is okay. It's fucked up. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the only people cheering you on is uh, is is white people, then just then you should know to go the other way. So yeah. I mean, yeah, let me see them. Right. Just okay. Like, whatever they say is the right way to do something is it's, wrong. It's a, it's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Go yeah. the other way. Well, speaking of the devil, <laughs> where are the keys? Speaking of the devil, our next item on the agenda. Blake Shelton is named the people's sexiest man alive and black people and just people in general, aside from the white people on the people staff, is like, what the entire fuck is wrong with y'all? And I have seen, I have seen uh, black people that's more sexy than, uh, these are articles I've seen, more sexier than No, Blake I've Shelton. seen white people that's more sexy. Right. <laughs> well, I'm talking about articles that I've seen because all I've seen in my timeline is 10 Asian men, 10 black men, 10 Latino <laughs> men that are all sexier than Blake Shelton but we all universally have agreed that Jason, is it Momoa? Is that how you say his name? Is mm-hmm. the, is, is and should be. Lisa Bonet's new husband. The, the man come out the water, child? Yeah. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, somebody, I saw, I guess that'll be my other favorite meme is somebody said, imagine being the person who looked at Jason Momoa and then said, yes, I believe Blake Shelton is the sexiest man alive. But, you know, now white people mad because they thinking now people of color won't let them be great. Really? Okay. What? But like, the last the past, twenty years like, of the sexiest person man alive has been white. It was. It was. I think the whole history of it. The whole history of it. There've been two: Denzel Washington back in the mid nineties and The Rock. It's literally only been two yeah. since the whole history yeah. of sexiest. Since the history man of the sexiest years. man alive. It's and been more than 20 years. And yeah. not even at their peak has... sexiness. Now, they, that wasn't at Denzel's peak sexiness. Peak sexiness yeah. for Denzel is like Mo Better Blues, Malcolm X Denzel. They chose... And it was uh, definitely after that. Yeah, it that was... That was like the, the Crimson Tide. Yeah. Y'all remember <laughs> Titans <laughs> Denzel. That was... <laughs> Y'all are dumb. I'm so mad that y'all know the shades of Denzel. <laughs> well. Oh, my goodness. Wait, but yeah, like, people, they were people showing all the history, joke. and then like Johnny Depp has gotten it twice, but then it was the same Johnny Depp guy. looks like a dirty hobo. Right. 
They had Johnny Depp during Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and that made me nervous. Like, y'all think that that scary-ass shit was sexy? Okay. (laughs) All right, now. Yikes. Yikes. Well, well, we're going to move on, because that's just enough spin on the problematic nature of dirty white men being elected people's sexy man alive. So let's move on to this this section that I call, Can I Get My Refund Now? So... (laughs) A lot of people have been watching the new Escape Reality TV show that airs right after Real Housewives of Atlanta. These days, that's actually the best part of the Sunday showdown because Real Housewives of Atlanta, eh, not so much. But Escape was recently on Watch What Happens Live, which if you don't know, that is the Sunday night after show on um, Bravo. And they had a bit of a difficult exchange, which is leading people to wonder if them tickets that they bought to this tour is going to actually come to fruition. I said that they need to go ahead and get their refund so they can put the money towards their Christmas gifts. (laughs) But let's just play a little bit of the exchange. Just hold on with me one moment because, you know, sometimes the Internet be internetting. But hold on. Second, on next week's escape, uh, still kicking it, the ladies sit down with Jermaine Dupree and Candy offers him a seat on her middle finger. Here's why I have a sneak peek. Take a look. No. If somebody is trying to take our legacy. It wasn't trying to take your legacy. But you was okay that somebody knowingly was taking our life story. What the f*** is wrong with y'all? You do know they still can make the movie. Because of you, though. These are my songs. Like that is the stuff. Y'all have something to protect. I got something to protect, too. We can sit on this instead. We should have had the opportunity to tell it ourselves. Why would you fight unauthorized stories anyway? Our legacy, everything that we've done is history. And I'm fighting for that. Wow. Um, how gratified were you to hear the apology saying that 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 you was it hard for you to say I, I made up the story about Jermaine Dupree? Did that I make part, up the story about Jermaine? It wasn't about the Jermaine part. <laughs> okay. it was about okay. Did you make that up? I didn't make up the Jermaine story. That you two had a... I didn't make that up. No, no. Not the Jermaine. Jermaine and I hooked up, but that's not why they broke up. I didn't didn't say that's why they broke up. No, that's what you... That's not your question. That's not what he just asked. I was asking about the radio interview. Huh? I was asking about the radio interview. Yeah, no, it was some other stuff that she said. In what were the other things that were said? You said that I hooked up with your man's dad, and that's absolutely so that, not that was true. the wrong. That was what I said. That wasn't correct. The one thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of the uncomfortable situations. There was also the revelation that Candy did not make, did not hide in the show that she just wanted an apology. She didn't want a show or a tour or an album, which is why she's also not on their new album. So the question to the cast is, I mean, should people go to Ticketmaster and demand their money back or will there be a reunion? Let me tell you something about reunions and um, comebacks. People die when you do a comeback. Michael Jackson died. Whitney died. You don't know. No. We have problems now. So just throw it away. Can I get my refund? Can I get my refund now? Can I get my money now? Pretty much. (laughs) A refund is doing to me. (laughs) Well, did anyone else have to have an opinion on whether or not people should request a refund from Escape? Well, I just like I've heard just escape. Why are you? I mean, like I mean, I mean every live performance I've seen of this reunion from you know, like YouTube clips I've watched, they don't sound that good. Like I don't. 
like the 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 sister who does all the runs, Bailey in tune. Like she's always <laughs> like the loudest mic, and then everybody else just kind of look like they in uncomfortable clothes and can't do choreography because they in uncomfortable clothes. Like I don't I don't understand what's going on most of the time. I see anything with them on it promoting this reunion. So I mean, I wouldn't pay my own people money to see it, but if people if if they're so nostalgic for the '90s that that that's what they want to do, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I have a problem with reunions have. because not because they died, but like you know, I had a conflict. I loves me some Mickey Howard. I love her, especially after I saw her TV documentary on, or movie on TV One. But then you go to these shows, and you know that it ain't about to to you know sound the same. And I don't need them kind of problems. But I mean, they sound pretty good. I just don't think that they're gonna get it together. So, all right, well, on to the next, the next item on the agenda, Tiffany Haddish on SNL. So, Tiffany Haddish was recently on Saturday Night Live. She was the first woman, the first black comedian, and this is a distinction that people, I'm sick of explaining to people. She was the first black stand-up comedian in the 40-year history of Saturday Night Live to actually host. People said, oh, well, there were... there." There was at least one other person. I think that they referenced um, Maya. Um, what's Maya's last name? Rudolph. Maya Rudolph being a host, and I said people need to understand the difference between a comedic actor and a stand-up comedian. There has never been another black woman stand-up comedian that has hosted SNL. Um, so, did any of you? I didn't actually get to see it. I only saw clips. Did any of you actually get to see the show? I, I didn't watch the show, but I watched the opening. And how was it? Me and your mama laughed till we cried, honey. That girl got some issues. She's definitely from South Central. She was amazing. She she was she was herself. She was every character she ever ever played. She was Nikisha on the Carmichael. She was the girl on the girl trip. She is black. She's always and herself. You yeah, I've learned one thing, two things in my life. The number one rule is you can turn you can you can turn off hood, but you can't turn off black. And she was black. Yeah, and that's what it was. She was funny. She was amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but one thing I know about Tiffany Haddish, just from watching a bunch of her interviews, she has mastered the art of retelling personal experience in a very comedic way. And I think a lot of us may know how to do that. Like, we know how to make fun of ourselves, but she has mastered that because a lot of her material are things that happened in her life. Um, But the way she tells it, you want to... You feel emotion, all the emotions. Like you want to laugh, you want to cry, you are happy, you feel sad for her. Like you, you feel all these things. But most of all, like she knows how to tell it in a way that at the end of it, you're like, "Wow, this lady is great," and like, and she, and she's hilarious. So I'm not surprised. That, I didn't see it, but I'm pretty sure her opening was great. Hopefully, they didn't give her horrible skits because any time a show or a good stand-up comedian. It doesn't have great skits on SNL. It's because the SNL writers suck. That's why I haven't watched SNL in a long time. But, yeah. yeah SNL comes on too late for me, even on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. But, like, 9.45, 10 o'clock, I'm still ready to go to bed on a Saturday night. But I'm rooting for um, Tiffany Haddish. I am rooting for her success. I love anybody, especially a black woman who's unapologetic unapologetically who she is and Mm -hmm. lives in her truth and lets that truth be the guiding force for whatever she does in her life because that's the only way we survive it really is 
and I'm glad that she's not yielding to the temptation of allowing Hollywood to remake her as somebody she's not. Right. Just, you know, she's being who she is and living, you know, her truth and being successful at it because she's living her truth. I I didn't watch SNL with her hosting, but I, I'm rooting for her. And if she did an amazing job, great. And if she did a terrible job, great too, because God knows they have had terrible hosts of every color Amen. on there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so hit and miss. <laughs> like, unless it's an election year, usually SNL is terrible, like on yep. any given Saturday night. But I'm rooting for her. And just to kind of tie back into something we were talking about earlier, there is like a really heavy push to get her nominated as supporting actress for Girl Girl. She trip, needs so. to. And you know what's so funny? You, when you look at people, you there. I mean, you have a lot of very funny stand-up comedians. But when you take a, a stand-up comedian like Tiffany Haddish, and I'll put there's only a few that can do what she does. There's her. There's Cat Williams, and you gonna understand what I mean when I say there's her. There's Cat Williams. There's John Witherspoon. And the reason I throw all of them together is because when you talk to her about her part in Girls Trip, and even we talked about this when we talked about Insecure, none of her parts were written. Her ninety percent of her dialogue in Girls Trip was improv, and that a lot of times when you watch Cat Williams, I know I remember watching the the outtakes from First Sunday, and a lot of times they will shoot the scene over and over and over and just let them go. If you've seen the outtakes from um, from yeah. Friday and yeah. you see John Witherspoon just go, like that is a talent and a skill. So mm-hmm. I, I hope that she mm-hmm. does get a nomination. And, you know, someone made a comment that, you know, if you're rooting for Cardi B and you playing Kodak, um, Bodak Yellow, but, you know, you don't like Tiffany Haddish, then you need to throw yourself in the trash. And it's true because it's that whole thing about you, now you trying to parcel out which version of basically quote-unquote ratchet that you will support when it's just them being themselves and being in a significant part of our community. So... And I'm really, I'm really tired of our refusal to embrace those aspects of, of, of our culture because white people do it and they, they support each other and they make a mint. That whole Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable guy, they love all of that stuff. And they have supported those, or at some point, they supported all of those versions of poor white trash and made those guys millions of dollars and nobody said anything terrible about it. I think there's room for everybody. There's room for every last one of us, every version of us. So, yes, I'm rooting for her and Tiffany Haddish and anybody else they're saying is, is ratchet, whatever, ghetto, blah, blah. What, what does that even mean anymore? Like, seriously. And it's the same stuff that white women try to be and still, you know, aren't but make more money doing it. So, like, who cares? Well, well, all right. Well, let's go on. We are. I'm just going to throw a shout out because I didn't get to bring up a link for it. And maybe if y'all have seen some, maybe y'all want to comment on them, too. But I put a special segment in here called iPhone X and emoji songs are out of control. But that's the new thing in the interwebs is I guess I don't have an iPhone X. I ain't got that kind of money yet. But apparently there is an app or a function or something on iPhone X where you can make these videos with the, the animal emojis from your keyboard. And I saw one that, that just took me out. It, had, uh, it was singing the vamp to Contagious with Mr. Biggs and R. Kelly and Shantae Moore as animojis. Um, I saw one that was like some the night after with somebody looking for their panties or something. I don't know. It's gone out of control. 
Have y'all seen these? Baby, have you seen yeah. the one with Ty Trippett? He turned it. I'm just saying. No, I have not. Yeah, that's, that was hilarious. The, the, the thing, so with the iPhone X, what you can do now, because they have facial re- recognition on the phone, you can, when you're in a texting app, you can pick the emoji and, like, you can speak to it in the front face camera with the facial recognition. It will, like, pick up your facial expressions and then it will give those facial expressions to the animoji and I think what people have been doing is is just uh, doing that making I don't know how but just making those videos from that from those texting apps and doing it but I'm going to share with you I'm going to share into the the group on the page uh, Carolyn this post with like I think it's it's like nine videos that people have made the one that was the best one to me because it's a bunch of songs, but I think somebody did a Share new edition so I can one, try and, play. And, I, and I was cracking up. Share it now so I can try and play because I tried to find Contagion, but that makes sense because when I was watching the Contagious one, I was like, why the little bulldog really look like Ron Isley? He got the mean, mad look, <laughs> and then the, the little cat emoji looking sad, but then they made they did the right thing. They made R. Kelly a piece of shit. And the piece of shit really did look like dumb, like I didn't do anything. It really did look dumb. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so it's hilarious. That is that that oh, I mean, if I had to cute. pick another favorite meme for the week, that would be because I was literally at the gym like falling out in my seat. But I need to find that Thai tribute one. I think I saw one not I saw another church one too. If they if you tell me that the animodes is over there uh, catching the Holy Ghost, I'm gonna I'm, I'm not a part of that. I'm not a part of that. <laughs> Okay, so we gonna move into the real reason why we here. This is like you know, it's oh, like on, it's like on Thanksgiving when you know you you say you going to see the family and and you say you want to see your nieces and your nephews, but really all you really there is to get your mama's dressing or your auntie's sweet potato pie. So we are really here for our version of Thanksgiving with Black families, and we are going to start off with. A bit of a history lesson because you know we have to have our own version of of the history <laughs> of our country. And because my principal, I think, is, has started listening to this this podcast, so that's why I don't say as much stuff as I used to say. If she's listening to this, you know, I'm I'm keeping it together. But we will. Listen. Oh, so you just throwing me out there? Yeah, because your principal ain't listening. <laughs> now your principal ain't listening to this, to this mess. So, B. Willis, would you like to please just give us the what is Thanksgiving? Oh, here's good. Before you tell the history, somebody told me that they friends call it Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. So, B. Willis, I've heard can of you Thanksgiving too? Thanksgiving. So, B. Willis, can you give us the history? This is history lessons with B. Willis. The story of Thanksgiving. Welcome her as she comes. <laughs> All right, so Thanksgiving. The story that we mostly heard when we were younger in textbooks was the nice pilgrims had come over and they ain't know what to do with themselves and didn't know how to cook and make their own food. And the nice Indians came and said, okay, we'll help you. And then there was this big harvest that they had. And then they decided since, oh, since we work so well together, we're going to have this harvest. And we're going to have this, you know, big spread of foods and we'll call it Thanksgiving. And we got all along Peachy King. Okay. Well, it didn't really happen like that. And that story, mind you, was mainly spread by Abraham Lincoln's racist ass. Mm. Yes, the same Abraham Lincoln who signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And we think that he freed the slaves for us, but he didn't. 
Um, he spread that story during the Civil War so that it would give people a chance to chill the fuck out. So that story is not true. What really happened was, yes, it, the pilgrims came over, and it wasn't a lot of them. This was back in like the 17th century. It was like you know 23 of these dudes, and they yes they did, did not know what the fuck they were doing. They they came over here because and they were Europeans from England, um, and they came in because like they're horrible. They were like starving to death, and uh, <laughs> so they were here Boy. for like they came over in like 1620s or whatever, and like they were here like starving, and you know the the natives that were here like didn't give a fuck about them. They kind of just let them be, but like um, they would have these days of fasting and it was only so they could save food because they didn't know how to actually hunt the animals that were around them and they didn't know how to uh, plant the crops and actually grow crops. Um, and so they would have these multiple days of fasting and then at the end of the fasting, they would have these days where they actually ate and they, and that's where the first couple of showings where they wrote like, we're giving thanks and it wasn't because they were actually like had, you know, these feasts because they were like lively. It's because like they went without eating because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And then the natives came like along and I think one name that we know like Squanto, what was his name? Squanto I think. Was it Tonto? And so he actually oh, I don't know. Yeah. So he he did. He did help some some pilgrims and this is in Plymouth, Massachusetts. He did help them and show them how to harvest and it was this point where they did finally have a harvest and so, but they were by themselves and they were celebrating by the only things white people know how to do, shooting guns and shit in the air. And so <laughs> the natives... <laughs> and turn, and, look, and turning over cars and setting fires, but go ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the natives came over. The, I think it was, I forget what tribe it was. So they came over and like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you shooting guns in the air? And they were like, oh, we finally got corn to come out the ground. So we're we're happy about it. And they were like, okay <laughs> and the natives were like okay like okay that sounds okay but like you're white and we don't trust you so we're gonna camp out here for a few days and see if you're actually celebrating what you're celebrating and so it was like it was like a hundred like natives and it's only like 23 of these white europeans so of course these europeans they were like afraid and stuff but what you know what ended up happening is that like they did uh, kind of work together for those days that the natives were there. So that wasn't that wasn't a bloodshed, and they did have a feast together, but that was not called Thanksgiving. The first time that we had Thanksgiving, it was a celebration, and it was a celebration of Europeans killing uh like hundreds of Native Americans, and that was about a decade a decade or so later after that after that first initial like when the natives came and asked the pilgrims, what the hell were you doing? Thanks like killing. 10, 10, yeah, thank, 10, to, uh, 10 to 15 years later, like in 1640 or something like that, uh, in Massachusetts, they did have a day where they called it Thanksgiving. It was a celebration that they had killed um, like 700 Pequot Indians. And, um, you know, that's the fuck, that's what they were celebrating. That's what that was our first Thanksgiving day. And that is what we commemorate now. And Native Native American Indians don't celebrate Thanksgiving in the same way that we do. Uh, they celebrate it more in a soul way like, you know, we are we are the survivors of our ancestors who had to go through that. But 
Yes, the first the first very mention of it, like the in the seventeenth century, where where we get the story of pilgrims and Native Americans coming together. It wasn't all cookie cutter. It was more so the natives came and wanted to make sure that these white people wasn't fucking shit up, and they actually did, you know, get together and um, have a nice little come come together and let's eat real quick so I, we can go on. But after that. Yeah, it was it was a day of bloodshed. So that is the history of things. Um, can we talk about how white people always want to gather around and eat after they've like murdered? Kill people? some people? Yeah. yeah. Why is that like a thing with them? It's we like, killed a bunch of Native Americans. Let's make a turkey. We just hung and lynched black people. Let's, let's go a barbecue. And you know what makes it weird? You know, you know what makes that observation weird is because because we're getting ready to actually, you know, plan our Kwanzaa celebration at school. And we talked about, you know, the tradition of how Kwanzaa and other spiritual traditions, you get together, you have a, whatever, whether it's a ritual or a spiritual thing, and then you have a feast afterwards. So are you telling me? That getting together and killing people of color is like y'all ritual, y'all spiritual tradition, and then y'all get yes. together and feast. Yes, uh. yes, yes. Get out Be part awful. two. It's a part of the spiritual traditions. Yes, yes. Get, get out part two. Well, in the grand <laughs> tradition of black people, so and people of color in general, but specifically black people surviving and making shit do what it do, we have started our own tradition. I didn't start it. No one on this podcast started. I don't want nobody to think we take credit for it. But I think that last year, two great things happened. The first great thing was Shirley Caesar became a, a national treasure for at least five minutes when she created on the Billboard chart. On the Billboard chart with a number one rap record about all the shit that black people is gonna eat for dinner for Thanksgiving. But the other good thing that happened was Thanksgiving with Black Family. This it really did my heart well. So today we are going to play another edition of Petty Games, and we that is why we invited our family here. Who is back there already cooking Thanksgiving dinner? Are you back there making greens? <laughs> Who making greens? Somebody's making food. That's what it's. It sounds like somebody back there stirring the big greens pot. In the oh, that's my. I'm, I'm emptying the dishwasher. Oh, it sounds like somebody with somebody mopped. I was sitting here wondering, like, it sounds like somebody got the, the big, the big aluminum uh, spoon scurrying a pot of greens. Well, y'all have killed me. All right, so we gonna play uh, petty games with our family. So you just hold on one second. We gonna start the game. No, we ain't starting the game. Hold on. Let's start it over. Hey, what are you back It's me, the Buck family. Gregory, Patricia, Juanita, Marion, and Reginald. Ready for action. Playing against the Wayne family. Jeff, Miguel, Norman, Gloria, and Mark. On your mark. Let's start the family feud. With the star of family feud. No, it's never the star. It's never it's it's never them. It's always me. I'm always the host of Petty Games. So today's issue of edition of Petty Games, it's supposed to be like Family Feud, but if you've listened to a couple of Petty Games episodes, I'm pretty bad at coming up with actual rules for Petty Games. It's just an excuse for me to play game show theme songs. But you know, <laughs> 
you know, we gonna at least try and make it seem like it's Family Feud. So we got Willis and Troy on one team. And then we got the Courtney's on another team. There's no way to get points because, you know, we don't have any buzzers. And there's no way to actually have no surveys on the board because I wasn't going to survey no people. Really all we going to do. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> we not this is this is Black Family Feud where we're not prepared. We just want to ask questions. We just want to ask. Hey, we just as speaking of, we just want to crack jokes on niggas. We just want to talk about the way that we celebrate our uh, Thanksgivings. And so I, I recently saw the revival of Thanksgiving with Black families and all the different memes. And I just wanted to discuss some of the ones that particularly touch my soul. Not particularly for my family, because my family can be pretty standard sometimes. But I have experienced some of these with other families. And I invite each team to, you know, share your favorite. Some of my favorites that I had not actually seen this year. When you get put on the spot to say grace. Now, I recently, I, you know, some people that know me know that I came out during Christmas. And I've always said that one of the rules that if you're going to come out, if you're going to come out and be gay at a black family uh, situation, do it after the grace. Because you don't want... <laughs> your grandfather or your whoever, your <laughs> yeah. uncle, who is the deacon at the church, to center his whole the, the Thanksgiving throw you prayer. In the grace. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want the whole prayer to be about saving Carolyn because she didn't brought some woman to the thing. I haven't done that, but my sister who is on the line has, you know, gone through that, and she might be able to speak more particularly to that. What are some of you other, we'll go with, with Team Willis first. What are your favorite Thanksgiving with black families, either the memes or just your own particular observations about Thanksgiving with black families? I don't know, Troy. What's our favorite? We just sing, like, from yeah, sun up to sundown. I do. mean, it's, it's <laughs> like a walking musical I the just, whole day. I want to be in y'all family because we used to do that back when we had people this is- in our family that could sing. Yeah, this is how how Thanksgiving work is. We come together and yes, we have the food, but eventually what happens is we're sitting around either in the table or some other room being loud, talking about random topics and making a song for every single mm-hmm. one of the topics. Y'all are like yes. the Braxton family. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like seriously, that's that's how it how it happens. That's what happened that couple years ago when we made that Makidata song. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have a video. I don't know. Courtney and, and uh, um, Carolyn, I don't know if you've seen it on my on my timeline, but I'll tag you in it. But I have a video of that where we're just we're singing the um song from Color Purple. You and me, us never part. But we they, we changed it to a gospel song. So uh-huh. That's literally what we do. <laughs> yes. Wow. We. I mean, we had that happened to us one time, and everybody we was singing total praise. Hallelujah. That was a baby. That was powerful. That, that was. <laughs> we was. We was all slanted. We was in perfect because uh, you know the church we had just learned it for Easter, and we was in perfect <laughs> harmony and everything. Ooh. Um. Team Courtney. Either one of the Courtney's, Courtney and Caleb, or Courtney Wasinger. What is your favorite particular observation about Thanksgiving with Black families? Um, my favorite observation. I've been to different like Thanksgiving dinners with different friends, but it's really not Thanksgiving until your mom and your aunt get into an argument about something that happened like twenty years ago. Bad, mm-hmm. bad, <laughs> good times. <laughs> no comment. 
<laughs> Look, no comment. When your no Uncle comment. James and your Aunt Cheryl reunite for the first time after their ugly divorce. Because, you know, <laughs> if y'all been married for 20 years, but then y'all get divorced, you never really stop coming to the family. Yeah. Um, Courtney Weisinger, what is your favorite observation? Of, uh, I'm scared, and I might need to sense a button for this, but go ahead. I like it when it's that one relative that gets drunk and starts talking about stuff. I like that. Shame. And you never because I know you're talking most, about. See, but see, most families have one person. We always kind of rotate. Remember that year Carolyn and Mama got drunk and was talking about Renee getting pregnant. No, wait, hold on, stop. Defamation. Who you talking about? I don't remember this child. Oh, when when one cousin got pregnant, when one play cousin got pregnant for a different play cousin. And they couldn't uh-uh. do no more. <laughs> you know what? So mama, mama went on a birth control rant. I don't remember that. I don't. Lord, look, defamation. I ain't commenting. Look, defamation. I ain't commenting. I do remember. I, I know I was not there. I remember when someone got drunk and ranted about me. But, you know, them the kind of things that you hear later on about your, your Thanksgiving with black families. Uh, here is an, another one. When you wait. Another one up. How grandmama be looking when everybody leaves. She stand on the porch. She just wave at y'all. Like, get the hell out of my house. That, that, that's I'm grandmama. inviting you to leave. I'm inviting you. you. Maybe we want to kill myself. <laughs> white people's Thanksgiving plates versus black people's Thanksgiving plates. Go. What's on white people's Thanksgiving plates? Pumpkin pie. Mm. Stuffing. Stuffing. Store-bought Wait a minute. We eat stuffing. No, we eat dressing. There's a huge difference. Uh-oh. Oh, no, 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 no. I call it stuffing. Uh, <laughs> really? Well, yeah. from what I understand, the stuffing, you actually stuff into the bird. And if right. you don't do that, yes. then it's yeah. dressing. dressing. Yeah. Well, well, we stuff our stuffing in the bird, but we also make a pan where it's by itself. So. Y'all this is fancy. True. Yeah. I like y'all. But listen. <laughs> well, let's fly to Baltimore I'm, and go to the <laughs> <laughs> I'm mar- I'm married to a white man, so I'm about to find out what it is to have Thanksgiving Ooh, with a wow. white family. Hold on, pause. You going you going Thanksgiving Thanksgiving with with your husband? Ooh, Thanksgiving yeah. fight on the show. Hold on. You know we married. Listen, listen. We married now, so we have to we have to trade off on these holidays. It's not oh, like see. before when he had to stay here and do what I told him to. <laughs> let me tell y'all something about um I'm, i hope this don't disturb you truly i don't know if this you said this your first year i have a friend who had a white wife and you know they were so loving and wonderful and they invited me to their thanksgiving but you know what 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 kind of threw me a little bit off when we go into our thanksgiving one thing that you know for sure is that my uncle willie is gonna have whatever game bad football game basketball game it might be a golf game whatever game is on he going to have it on TV from the time he get up at 8 until everybody leave at 10 o'clock. I got to Thanksgiving, and I knew that the 49ers were playing. Y'all know that's my team or whatever. So I go in. I'm like, okay, well, the TV ain't on, but the game ain't started yet. So we having banter, and we're sitting around, and we're talking. I look at my phone. Bleacher Report say, game about to start. I say, y'all, game about to start. And everybody just kind of looked at me and kept on going. And I said, wait, what is happening? We're not going to watch the Oh, and that was a pretty traumatic Thanksgiving year for me. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Was your uncle, was he no longer with us? No, no, no. This was, I went to a friend's Thanksgiving instead of, you know, white Thanksgiving instead of my family. But I was used to, you know, are we, we going to watch the game? Right. We, we well, yeah, because that's the thing. 
that really is a thing. Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever been to any type of meal in a white household where they like the TV is part of the meal experience. It's right. <laughs> Like they really yeah, they like to, they like the to sit and eat and quiet. I don't understand yeah, that. Quiet and all that. They I wanted us to have a conversation. I said, "Well, we can have a conversation with you know the TV in the background." <laughs> no, and then you know with us, we be having so many people. Somebody is sitting in somebody den, like the kids sit in the den, and they watch TV too. But you know, it was only a couple of us sitting at this one table. It was just a little different for me. There wasn't no card table. With people eating Kool Aid at the car table or or chairs that they stole from the church, it wasn't none of that. Y'all, let me tell y'all something. Troy, Troy's gonna go have Thanksgiving in Idaho with the Idaho white people. Oh, no, 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 he's not from Idaho. He's from Indiana. Oh, oh my one god! Of them, one, of, <laughs> one of them, one of them white men with uh, with corn, potato peeling whole bunch of corn. What is happening? <laughs> Wait, why? So why when I when I saw the thing about white people Thanksgiving plate versus black people, they had about two hundred thing, two hundred items on the black people list, including uh, spaghettios, um, ravioli, uh, cup cup of noodle, and I was like, we sure will. Whatever you got in your kitchen that you want to just get rid of, you will go ahead and cook it up and put it out there for Thanksgiving. I will say, if you don't have, there are certain things that needs that. Are are allowed on the Thanksgiving menu and are not allowed. Like okay, like you should not be making crabs during Thanksgiving. Like no, no, no. That's, no. that's not. We don't have a, not. we don't have a seafood Thanksgiving. Seafood Christmas maybe. Yeah, seafood Christmas or New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I not a seafood Thanksgiving. That. We had a seafood Thanksgiving one time because we don't like turkey. So it's like having a bird is not essential for. Us and we just had like get a chicken or a, a, a couple chicken. ducks, a, a couple ducks. Duck, I'm telling We're you, that, that, this year. Yeah. Good. see, our family we don't we don't like turkey, so we make Cornish ham. But we have one white uncle, and he so he will make some turkey, and then whoever just eat it, eat it. But it's usually just us eating the Cornish ham. But you know what, though? You got to know how to cook a turkey because you could make a turkey that's not dry. Like, you just not exactly. got to know what to do with it. If your turkey dried, then I don't know about the rest of your food. Okay. I, I made a turkey one time. One time, you know, how the church be giving away the, you know, the Thanksgiving basket and they gave us a turkey. And mama, you know how your mama leave you at home and tell you to cook? So she's left me at home to cook this turkey. I don't remember how the turkey turned out. Courtney, do you remember how the turkey turned out? Did we I'm trying to think you cooking ever in life. Anyway, I'm going, I'm moving on. I'm moving, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh... <laughs> Wait, when you when you get to Thanksgiving and then your if, if Thanksgiving is at your house and your room become the coat room and you try and you oh. try to escape to your room but it's full of coats and purses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'ma just lay on top of this coach purse and under this fur. Cause you know. <laughs> Uh, oh Lord! When when your mama tell you y'all better fix y'all some to go plates because I ain't cooking tomorrow, babe. Look, baby, mama finally got to the point where she just made a whole other everything she was cooking. She just made a other one, but it used to be that was your look. That was breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You get up on Saturday morning to watch cartoons. What you eating for breakfast? Some ham and some yeah ham and dressing <laughs> and some rolls. Mama will go buy some more rolls. Like, I'm just gonna buy some more rolls. 
really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Though we gotta learn. We gotta learn how to throw these Thanksgiving leftovers out now, black folks. Yeah, like it, it can't. Mean, you can't go. You can't go to the next week and it's been ten days and you have <laughs> no, Thanksgiving no, leftovers. No, throw no, it no. out. Throw it out. No. Or you should have been gave most of that food away. Cause not. Now time okay. to cook a new meal. Take it down to the homeless shelter or something. I mean, right. like by the time the work week starts, it should be over. Like mm-hmm. everything should be finished. I don't want turkey soup. I don't want ham <laughs> salad. I mean, I I don't want any of that by Monday. And I go. I'm not going back to work with a plate of Thanksgiving dinner. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> No, I, I just seen some people with some plates of Thanksgiving dinner. You're like, mm, still eating that ham, huh? Yep. <laughs> it ain't gone yet. Okay, when Big Mama asked you, when you when are you going to get saved? See, but I ain't never had that problem because I've been saved since like, before I was born. So <laughs> That sounds like, sound like something Ruth would do. With, My grandma. <laughs> No, my grandmother would say something real shady. It wouldn't be like, when you going to get saved? She'd say something like, well, see, like the last time I was here, you was trying to get saved. What happened? <laughs> like, she, like that. Look, you was trying to start coming to church, but you missed, look, you missed Usher board meeting. Is that what it is? Is yeah, that what it is? Being saved is just being involved in the church? Is that like the definition? Because I thought it was like being baptized. Well, you know, we talking about black people saved. That's I mean, a Baptist definite yeah. definition. Yeah, yeah. Saved is when you come you in, when you come in for you know you was out on a mission. So out on a mission is when you was out, you know, doing drugs and going to the juke joint and just being out. Oh, that's all called day. being on a mission. <laughs> yeah, that's called being on a mission. You was out in the world. Well, and you know, we've been reading. We've been reading the Bluest Eye at School. Tony Morrison called it being. Well, first of all, okay. So Tony Morrison called it being outdoors. She have a whole section dedicated to what Pacola and them, why they're scared of being outdoors. But you know, my class so black ass. I be making, like, I be trying to get these kids to understand shit. Because you know, they hella young. They don't, a lot of these black colloquialism, I can't say the word, but you know what I mean. They don't get any of them. So I try to you know, bring in my own experience. So I told him, I said, you know, you know, that's that person when they come to church and, you know, they mama, they don't never come, but they mama bring them and put them on the altar because they've been out, you know, doing drugs. That's outside. That's out on the mission. But when you get saved, <laughs> see, when you get saved and then you come and you sit on the front pew and now you're on the usher board or something, then you saved. Lord. <laughs> see, my, my problem with that, seeing that, you know, I'm super saved and believe in Jesus, is that, all my friends doing stuff in the world, but we still saved. That's nothing here, nothing here. And we doing the stuff in the, and still coming and still coming to church on time, on time, and, and serving, and serving. Cause you know, hey, hey. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney, Courtney Welch, you you still going to church? <laughs> I didn't get to go last Sunday because I had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, but we finna go tomorrow since I got my whip. I got my whip. Troy, Courtney, Courtney just got back, just got back to knowing Jesus. Wait, but Courtney, I mean, but Troy, but Troy, it's so backwards though because three episodes ago, Courtney got raptured at the end of the episode, and so then when when the Lord shot her back down from heaven, she decided she was gonna go to church and get saved. So now we, we, we check in with her to make sure she on the wall. I've been baptized twice, so Wait, I have. That's good. I have banked. I have banked my savings. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Well, I'm a gay man, so my church is Sunday brunch. That's why I be. I ain't mad at that. With with Apostle Mimosa and Evangelist. Speaking of, (laughs) your husband said that we was going to brunch soon. He texted me, so let me let me know when that's happening. All right, I will let him know. That's that's brunch, man. Oh yeah, you in Houston, y'all don't, y'all don't have brunch. Yeah, you better make a brunch. Wait, I mean, we have brunch, but it's not like by the water, like like Ber- in Berkeley or nothing. We like at some steakhouse having brunch. No, I need to see some water, some boats, some endless. <laughs> y'all going to his lordship? Will we going to his lordship tomorrow? Oh, I want it. Jesus. So another very important component of Thanksgiving with Black families is you better bring. You better bring your Tupperware because you ain't about to use up all your anti-aluminum, not aluminum, all your anti-aluminum foil. Because if you don't bring, and bring your own Tupperware, don't be trying to use her good Tupperware either. In the words of your daddy, don't be using my good foil. (laughs) Is there any type of, is there like lesser foil or there, is there Yeah, I don't understand. What's good foil? What's bad foil? There's the heavy duty, the heavy duty foil. That heavy duty foil that was that yeah, and then there's and that, that thin, that thin kind of cheap. And and, right. and that heavy duty foil will hold your food together for hours, for a day or so. <laughs> you can see, put that I've food learned... in the refrigerator, and forget about it, and then come back like, oh shoot, I forgot, I forgot. But I didn't see people fight over their Tupperware though. Like you do not no. mess with black people's Tupperware. No, I've learned the trick. That the trick is to take, and you have to double up. The styrofoam plates. Yes. So I mm-hmm. use I use mm-hmm. two to hold the food, and then I use one to cover it, and then I take one of those it. plastic plastic um, uh, grocery bags and yes. then tie it really tightly, and that's what I do. And now I don't have to worry about the aluminum foil. This is a Thanksgiving like veteran right here, right y'all. Here. And then on top of that, <laughs> when it sounds like he takes food from several places when he and just have it in the back and just having he be he be Thanksgiving grades and have all the food. And then no. the other thing is people fight over leftovers. Like don't be having too much on your plate. You know, you gotta leave so much. You gotta look at how many people is left and who ain't ate. And you gotta make sure that the the men's is is that's that's an old suit. That's back in the eighties. Everybody get enough food and have enough leftovers. Don't let Joyce and Blewett be missing our peach cobbler. If that, that that peach cobbler fight was serious last year, like, there was a peach cobbler fight. <laughs> she called people like, "Did you take the end of peach cobbler?" Individually. Wait, do y'all have? Do, does y'all family do this thing where they hide certain dishes? Like, no, this not for everybody. This, yes. <laughs> This one. Or they no, they hide it. They hide the leftovers. They will put. They will make them a leftover because you know you ain't supposed to make leftovers until after everybody ate. But they will make a leftover plate during you know regular serving and then hide that. No, but our family will make a specific dish. Right, um, like my grandmother would make. Like she used to make banana pudding and then put it in the bottom oven and be like, "Don't you bring out that banana pudding? Like, you getting some? Don't tell nobody that where you got it." <laughs> And don't show nobody because this this for when everybody leave. I'd be like, well, what you made it for then? What you made it for Thanksgiving then? Like that. Wow. You know. Or That's some funny. piece of meat that costs a lot of money and, you know, it's only available during the holiday season. Like something That like sounds like something your grandmother would do. Exactly. She'll go out and get some venison and, like, don't y'all eat this. Don't y'all eat this meat. We'd be like, oh, we, first of all, we don't eat deer. That's, 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 that's number one. So you could go ahead and hide that, put it up. I don't exactly. 
Oh, let's see. After y'all eat and your uncle gets drunk and starts telling them stories, we already covered drunk family members. We go. I find anyway. I'm not gonna get into that. When your parents say you need to come out of your room and socialize with the family, and you you ain't fucking with them. Um. Yeah. I'm well. Oh, here go one. Why you up? Bring me a roll, two deviled eggs, stuffing ham, and some OT. Like so, just bring me a whole nother plate. Like it, it, it's never, it never pays to be a child at any black holiday dinner or function because you just another servant. You. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is you have to make yourself look very clumsy. You have to drop several pieces, of <laughs> and then at that point, nobody will trust you to make them a plate because they'll think. Oh, you know, she, uh, she all wobbly, she clumsy, she, you know, all wobbly. So they don't ask you to do nothing. That's something you've I done have. this before, uh, huh, Courtney? I've done this <laughs> <laughs> because my mom is one of them folks. Like she don't want to get up for shit, but then when you bring her back something, she'll give you vague ass directions, and then you come back with your best guess of what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, okay, fuck this game. I'm going to just start fucking shit up so you don't ask me to do anything. Brilliant. You know what? I hope that this show goes on for 10 years so that we can all be around to witness when Caleb turned about 12 years old. Because this is going to be some funny... Even if it's not around, whatever medium we have in 10 years, we're going to create one just to check in with 12-year-old Caleb. Caleb, can you say hi? Okay. So this instead of saying things, I'll be like, Caleb, can you say goodbye? No goodbye. So you can say it, you just not with it or like what's happening? Oh goodness. I have to meet this Caleb. I like him already. He he's the greatest. Yeah, he's hilarious. We thought we was gonna have to go save him though he's when his mom got ratchet. Like unpleasant, but because he's cute, people are like, he's so fun. Like he's not all the time, though. <laughs> it's kind of not. Oh, Jesus. Well, Ooh. before we tune out, were there any other black family observations that you all would like to throw out there about Thanksgiving with black families? Um, We don't cook our food in the dishwasher? <laughs> that was the part that... How you let me forget that part of the rundown? What? Okay, people. Yeah. How did I, I forget that? Explain this. I'm just so okay. Well, let me bring it back. How did I? How did I? Did I leave that off the rundown? Jesus, because that was my favorite part. So there is some. It's, there's this site called Chubby or something like that. You know, everybody got their own food blog and making food videos. And there is a food video out there. It's called How to Cook Your Thanksgiving Meal in Your Dishwasher, Child. And so, how to be a peak white person. Right. This is peak white people. So you watch the video, you go on there, this man, he takes some some green beans and he put them in a jar. And then he takes some chicken. He takes some chicken or turkey or whatever it was, some meat, and he put it in a jar. And he takes some 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 corn and he put it in a jar. Some other shit that I don't remember. And put all of it in a jar. And then he put the shit in the microwave. And he turned the microwave on. In the dishwasher. In the dishwasher. dishwasher. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not the microwave, the dishwasher. I would hope it was the microwave. At least that would cook something. He put it in the dishwasher. He turned the dishwasher on. And then he take all the jars out and dump it on a plate. And he eat that shit. I said, either this shit is the most blandest because it was pink and pinkish, whitish. Either it's the blandest food ever or it's not cooked because it's in a dishwasher. How does this shit happen? Who thinks of this and why? And first of all, let me tell you. First, this is 
this is this is how you know it's peak white people because the idea here is like, oh, a dishwasher gets so hot that it cooks food. Boil it, then. That's exactly what you're doing. You're boiling the food. That's what this is. And it's hot ass water. That ain't even so water. That's you potion. But so why would you waste thing? all this water in a dishwasher just because you have a dishwasher? Why would you waste that electricity and that amount of water when you can just boil the food or cook it in a regular way? That's how so you... Is, why is, people is, are so uncreative that they this, do dumb shit like this? Is this somebody who didn't have like no. a stove? No. no. He is in an industrial-ass kitchen. With a brand new dishwasher, you can see the stove and shit in the background. He could cook that shit. It, the 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 caption said, "Why cook it when you could put it in the microwave? I mean, in the dishwasher." It said that in the caption. <laughs> Nothing about that is right. No, mm, no. And this is why you got to be careful. What we say about the cat in the in the. Uh, and this is why the pilgrims went hungry for days because they asked no what to do. Until the Native Americans said, "Full circle." This is why. Look until the Native Americans said, "Look, fire," and he put the food on the fire, and they were like, "Oh, we thought we could just, you know, put it in this hot water." No, <laughs> no. And I and trust me, I love me some boiled chicken. Put it in the water on top of some fire. So that I can make sure, because you don't, you know, you anytime you see some pale chicken, that's salmonella. Salmonella, get you, Sha. I don't want it. <laughs> Speaking of salmonella, have y'all seen the video with the ladies talking about salmonella? 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 Yeah. I'm, I'm tagging you, Carolyn, right now. Yes, please tag me. Because <laughs> I have not seen that. Oh my God! That's no. that's still closer than what my <laughs> grandmother calls it, which is salmonelli. <laughs> so oh, I'm like, is that Liza's long lost brother? Like, who is salmonelli, and why should I be concerned about him? <laughs> but she doesn't know how to pronounce anything, so or she adds words to things. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, I would like to thank our black family members for joining us on today's show um troy where can the peoples if the peoples can find you in the interwebs if they if they were to follow you all your social social media might be private but if it's not where can they find you i'm real like temperamental so i have stuff and then i delete it and then i ghost but I'm most, <laughs> most on, it's the truth. I'd be like, hello, Instagram. And then like two years later, bye. <laughs> um, and every time I tried to do the Twitter thing, I'm like, Twitter's stupid. So then I don't do that anymore. But I'm always on Facebook. I've been on Facebook for 12 years. You can find me at Troy Haynes Hopper. All right. That's my full name. And sometimes I make stuff, you know, public. Sometimes, if people ask, if people ask me to, I will. So I, I'm there. And if they can, if they tickle your fancy, you might add them. Okay. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, <laughs> if I feel like you're cool people, even if we haven't met, if I feel like yeah, there's some some kinship there, I will I will add you without having met you. But I'm real mm-hmm. quick to cut a bitch too. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because I don't have time. And Courtney right. Wassinger, where can the people find you in the interwebs? If you want to see me entertaining and making jokes and making music, 
on Facebook, I'm Courtney Weisinger. On Instagram, I'm Music Diva C. That's also the same thing on Snapchat. But if you want to buy some Mary Kay, baby, I got a page for you. <laughs> Mary Kay with a C-Y, honey. I'm all kind of products. Get at me. I'm making deals, deals. Like a crack, crack dealer. I'm making deals every day. Mary Kay with C-Y. Come get your cleanser. I got that foundation and that lipstick. <laughs> if you want music and me to crack jokes, me. Courtney Weisinger, Music Diva C, yes. Well, okay. And main <laughs> cast member, B. Willis, where can the people find you in the interwebs? You can find me on every single platform as at Hey Miss Willis. I actually Googled myself the other day and oh. um, surprisingly, like, accurate information came up. But not, not things that were too personal. It was all social media stuff. So that was good. But yes, at Hey Miss Willis. Speaking of, was it that amazing article that you wrote about Georgina and Get Out that they should read now that it's at war season? Did that come up? Oh, when I well, I googled at Hey Miss Willis and oh, and okay. um a bunch of stuff like from my Twitter came up and like people retweeted me that I didn't know retweet or quoted me like um what's his face um that does the page with uh. Son of Baldwin. Like, oh. I found out that he quoted me on something, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, no, not, the article didn't come up. Oh. I think if you put in my name plus the article, then that might come up because my medium name is also at Hey Miss Willis. So. We should, now that it's a war season, we will, because um, B. Willis wrote an amazing article about Georgina. I wrote a couple of articles about Get Out. So we should probably, we will post them on the show page. Um, Courtney and Caleb, are you there? And where can the peoples find you in the interwebs? We are here. Um, so I'm on Twitter. I occasionally get on Twitter, mainly just during Love and Hip Hop to talk shit about everybody. Um, that's that's the main part. I don't tweet as much as I used to. Um, but it's short Courtney on Twitter and then uh, at underscore uh, short Courtney underscore on Instagram, which is mainly Caleb's Instagram. But I occasionally show my face on there from time to time. Um, Caleb, do you want to say something? Where are we going? Home. Where are you <laughs> going? Pasta? Is that what you want for dinner? Did you say pasta? Pasta? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a show if Caleb wasn't telling us what he wanted to eat. First, it was quesadillas. I forgot what it was last time, and now it's pasta. How old is little Caleb? How, how old is he? Caleb is two and a half. At least he knows what he wants. I have a one-year-old. We should have a play date. I sh we should fly down there. Let's work on that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. um, this is weird. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what do you mean taco house? We not going. <laughs> uh, on that note, so you can find me on the interwebs. I am Car I'm sorry, Dub Carolyn on Facebook. Um, I also have a public page, Carolyn Weisinger on Facebook. And I am the Nocturnal Project on Instagram and as well as Snapchat. And I am Nocturnal Pro on Twitter. And you can find the C Dub Show on Instagram and Twitter, both as a C Dub Show, and also on Facebook. We do have a fan page on Facebook called the C Dub Show, where we share the randomness from all of our Facebook pages. And if we get an inclination, we might even start insta-snapping. Probably not. That's a lot of work. Um, 
make sure that you make sure that you visit the main network page ssnpodcast.com to see all of our shows for the entire network if you feel so inclined to support the network you can do so on the page if you have not subscribed on acast google play itunes or stitcher there is a subscribe page which will show you how to subscribe on your particular device so we want to thank you again for joining us on this episode of the C-Dub Show. Um, look out in December for the premiere of our auxiliary show, which is the Six Degrees of C-Dub. The whole point of the Six Degrees of C-Dub is to see how far my reach as this lesbian, black lesbian lightning rod of people that I am, who can I pull on to this random show? So you should see the premiere of that show on the network page somewhere around December 10th, hopefully. Um, so once again, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. The C-Dub Show.